Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. As mothers, I think we spend so much of our life taking care of other people, right? We take care of our child, we take care of our partner, but then we sometimes forget that we also need to be taken care of. And that village, that's my envision of a village. My envision of a village is who can make me supported? Who can support my needs and my energy besides my partner who has his own life, someone externally that can really support us. And I think that brings us more peace. Welcome back to the Pete's Dog Talk podcast. This podcast continues to grow because of you, your reviews, and how you tune in every week to hear about parenting, mindfulness, child development, and health. So thank you so much for tuning in today. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I am talking with Natasha about raising a child when you don't have that proverbial village. Now, I've done a similar episode solo on March 7, 2022, about tips to reframe when you don't have that support system. But it was so nice to actually talk to a mom on this podcast directly. And Natasha lives in Germany and she is an expat who lives in Germany with her partner. And we discuss so many of the similarities that we all share and sometimes don't talk about. So it was a great conversation that I can't wait for you all to listen to. Hey, Natasha, thank you so much for joining me on Monday mornings with Dr. Mona. But tell me what is on your mind today as a mom? Hey, Dr. Mona. And yeah, first of all, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. It's a great resource for me as a first-time mom. And uh, one of the struggles that I have at the moment or that I've had in this first year of motherhood is becoming a first-time parent without having any family support around. Uh, My Mm -hmm. husband and I, we are both expats. We both live in Germany, away from our family. And yeah, I as soon as I had my baby, I realized how we didn't really have a real village. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah, so our challenges right now revolve around finding ways to build this village in the city that we live in. And so we need to get creative. Yeah. And my main goal is just for us to prevent being burned out as first-time parents. So that's my, my main issue, I would say. Yeah. uh, And you have a son. How old is he? You said he's 13 months. Wow. So yeah, you went through one of, I would say one of the hardest transitions, which is that postpartum that first year, you know, there's a lot happening with that child and obviously a lot of care that happens from our end. Um, Care is going to happen the entire childhood, but I do believe that that first year's, you know, with the sleeping and the, whether you breast or formula fed or, you know, all the things that happen with development. So it is a hard time. It feels 
even more isolating in those early months, I will say. Absolutely, yes. And what has been the most frustrating, or if you want to use that word, or hardest aspect of this, of not having that village or that support system? I'm sure you can name a few, but what is it that really, as a mother, makes you feel sad or makes you feel upset or even maybe some resentment? Like, what are your feelings behind this? Yeah, I think uh, one of the first things that comes to my mind is just the fatigue and uh, Mm -hmm. just being the primary caregiver and feeling as though uh, we don't have anyone to chip in, that it's just my husband and I. And uh, this also puts a lot of challenge to us as a couple, you know, because we kind of, I mean, we kind of have become more like a functional partnership rather than a romantic couple, if you know what I mean. We struggle to find that romance that we once had. And it's been difficult to find that balance because, well, we both share the care for our son. And so conversations uh, usually go around, okay, who's going to Mm -hmm. take care of our son today? You know, this split in responsibilities and it becomes very transactional sometimes. So that has been stress, you know, and it has created some tension and some conflict that wasn't there before having our kid. So I think that has been frustrating for both of us trying to find this balance, trying to navigate these new waters and also trying to find time for ourselves. So um, Mm -hmm. it has been a challenge, you know. So like I said at the beginning, we have had to get creative. And uh, yes, so this stress in the couple, I think, is one of the things that has been most frustrating. And also, I would say maybe not so much now, but very much at the beginning, this push and pull of wanting to be with my child and Mm -hmm. being very grateful for him, but also missing my old free self. And uh, this, I think it's intensified by the fact of feeling like we don't have a lot of support. And sometimes I can see other parents, first-time parents who maybe have all of the grandparents around Mm -hmm. and uncles and aunts. And it feels sad sometimes on the one hand, we feel sad that we don't have that around. You really embodied so many emotions that I think so many parents go through, including mothers, including, you know, people who don't have their village, um, the looking at other people's situations and what they have. And it's hard not to say, wow, that's great. That's so nice that they have support and maybe can drop their child off to the grandparents' house. And then the other aspect is that management of guilt, you know, that you mentioned that you love being a mom or you like being a mom, but you also need a break. And you also want someone to take on that mental load or take on the physical load of taking care of a child. And that doesn't make you any less worthy of being a mom. And I say that as someone who shared those same feelings and meets a lot of women who share those feelings, you know, that I have this amazing child. I love my child, but I also want time away from my child. So really want to normalize these feelings that we need our village, not only to just help us in an emotional sense of that support, but we also need that village so that we have that break because that break is how we survive. Being a parent is so much more than a job, but I think about it like if you work or have a job outside of being a parent, you need breaks from that job. Even if it's a job you really love, like if I did something I love, which by the way is like Pete's Doc Talk, I love it, but I can't do it all the time. 12 hours a day. I need a break. I need something away from that, even if it's something we really love. And so really normalizing those feelings for you and saying, yeah, I feel that I want help and I would love to find a way to have help, even if it's just for me to just get an hour 
of breathing time. Um, do you or your partner work outside the home or have a career outside of being a parent? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, we both actually are now building our own businesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yes. Yes. It's been a very interesting uh, phase in our lives. And so, yes, we do have that. So we also have this pressure that we want to build our businesses that we are starting. Yes. And yeah, that we want to be successful. We want to be good parents. We want to have it all. <laughs> oh, Natasha, I feel like I'm resonating so much with you because obviously I'm also building this business, which is Pete's Dog Talk. And still that same thing to raising a son. Uh, my son's obviously like an a uh, year and a half older than your son, two and a half. But it is a huge reality that we want it all. Like, you know, I get it. We want that yeah. child rearing and we want to be a great parent. But we also have these dreams that may exist outside of motherhood or maybe someone listening. They have other passion projects or something else that brings them joy. And that constant battle and that, you know, push and pull is so hard to kind of accept sometimes and just say, hey, this is my reality. Do you by any chance have anybody besides your partner who can help on a as needed basis, whether it's a nanny who comes in or a babysitter or anyone else that is that person, or maybe you used to have that, that can aid you guys um, in your parenting journey. Yeah, we do. Uh, We do. And I do want to say that um, I am very lucky to live in Germany because we have extensive maternity leave here and we have childcare and we have things that I know uh, not a lot of uh, mothers have in the U.S., and um, so on. The, I'm very grateful for those things that we do have. So mm-hmm. my son will go to childcare um, in around two weeks, and okay. I know that will be a big help for both of us. So uh, on the one hand, I have that, and yes, uh, I did uh, this first year. I did um, have a nanny. I mean, not uh, from the very beginning because I was very scared of having a nanny. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the right word, but I was. I didn't know how to have a nanny in my house. Mm, uh, I hear you. You know how I thought that I needed to do everything and that no one else could do what I was supposed to do as a mother. And uh, also it was a challenge uh, to try to normalize uh, this, to try to understand that this is uh, completely normal to want to hire support, you know, because we don't have this village here. So we kind of have to create it and Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, hiring a nanny was uh, something that we were both agreeing on doing. And uh, we do have a nanny right now. So, yeah, she comes around um, a few hours during the week. It's, we have a flexible schedule. So it really helps a lot. Yes. I have a few comments. But first comment is, even though your reality is different than mine, right? Meaning as a working mom in America versus a working mom in Germany with your child leave and childcare, even though that you say that, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. I know you know this, but I want to make it very clear for everyone listening. You can still hold gratitude for a situation, but also admit that it's hard, right? Like you have access, but it's hard still, right? Not having that village like we talked about. The first thing that I will say is I do believe that gratitude is something that is very valuable. And that misconception that gratitude means that you you're dismissive of the actual reality. That's not the case, right? I love having the gratitude when I do have the help, you know, for a long time, I lamented the fact that I did not have help. And we also do not have anyone living near us 
that can help us. We don't have a lot of friends even because all of our friends left in the pandemic, like all of our good friends that had families and we have nobody. I mean, like you, like it's nobody. Like I'm being very blunt and saying that I have one friend, but she is out of her family's out of town a lot. And then everyone else, I'm trying to make connections, but they live like an hour and a half away or, you know, they're busy on weekends and we're free. And it's hard to make friends in your late twenties, thirties and forties and beyond. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. What I found that really helped is I would lament that situation of, oh, well, I don't have help. I don't have help. And then I would get these sort of random babysitters that were consistent, but not always coming in. And I started to say, you know what, when I don't have the help, it's not fun. Like I, there are many days where I'm just like, this is my reality. I can't change it. I can't change the fact that right now I don't have the village or have the help, but I am going to really enjoy it when that person comes. And that takes a lot of understanding. And like you said, it's not easy at first for a mother, especially to let go of that control with their child. But in the process, I started to learn that, yeah, I can even be upstairs if I want to gradually do this and then eventually go on little errands and get more into it so that I can get that time, that mental peace for myself so that I can come back to Ryan, my child, feeling more energized, feeling ready to be with him because I got a break. So that practicing of gratitude for when we do get help, even if it's not a constant help, even if it's not the reality we want, right? Like, I think, what would you say in your dream world would be your favorite situation? Who would you want around you? What would you want? I would love to hear that because I think everyone has something different. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky, right? Because it's like, it stems from this comparison trap. You yes. Know? Yes. When I see other families and when I see other parents and 
I see friends that have uh, kids and that they're able to leave their kids at the grandparents and just go on a weekend mm -hmm. as a couple. And sometimes I think about this and I say, oh my God, I will, I don't know when I will have this or if we will <laughs> ever have yeah. this, but something like this would be amazing. You know, just for example, a few weekends ago, I went to a hotel room. <laughs> I booked a hotel room for myself just to spend mm -hmm. the night to have a bit of quality sleep and also just to start my morning slow. I mean, this is something that, for example, I really missed. I miss mm -hmm. slow mornings. And of course, with a baby, you don't really get to have slow mornings. So things like that. It's um, This would be ideal if I could just leave my child overnight at someone that I know they're safe, that I know they're loved for, that they're cared for, and just have these kind of breathers. This would be ideal or just have these grandparents around giving my yeah. son so much love Aww. on a daily basis this is something that we really miss it's also not only about the extra support that you have but also about your son being surrounded by this love oh and that love it radiates right like it permeates through home um i think people are different i think not all women but i think many women i speak to like that company whether it's nonverbal or just physical presence of someone else not always right like someone like an adult who's just kind of a calming presence and when you have that nice grandparent um, whether it's a couple or um, individual, it can, like you said, like really help just the emotional piece. Like my mom is coming to visit me in three weeks from the time of this recording. And I'm like already just like my energy is already vibing. Like I'm just feeling so grateful to have her just for a week. She's coming. Um, but I hear you. I hear that. And it's not like, it, like we said earlier, it's not that I need her to do everything for Ryan. I can handle Ryan. I'd like her to do some things for me, like take care yeah. of me as mothers. I think we spend so much of our life taking care of other people, right? We take care of our child. We take care of our partner, but then we sometimes forget that we also need to be taken care of. And that village, that's my envision of a village. My envision of a village is who can make me supported, who can support my needs and my energy besides my partner who has his own life, someone externally that can really support us. And I think that brings us more peace, whether it's, Hey, did you eat today? Hey, do you, you want me to take care of that for you? Like taking initiative and it's with that nanny situation too, right? Like having good energy in your home. Like, I hope the nanny you have is great. Like I'm yes. very big on the nannies that we have in our home. And I think some people may look and say, well, that's being very picky, but it's not even about the task that that nanny does that I'm actually a little lenient about. I'm talking about the vibe, the energy, the, the support, the conversation. I know that seems silly, but to me, that's really important because I don't have the village. I like having someone to talk to in the morning and just, you know, talk about random stuff about the day or what's happening and, and just laugh with an adult. You know, we forget the importance of just chatting with an adult from time to time that takes away from that monotony of child rearing, which is Absolutely. beautiful in its own right, but it's hard. It's hard to constantly talk to a one-year-old or constantly talk to a two-year-old. <laughs> sometimes you just want to have a conversation with an adult. Sometimes you don't. But it's just, it's so beautiful when you get those opportunities. So I completely resonate with that. Yes, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, like you were saying as well, it's to build a village also for me has meant to connect with other moms and uh, build this community around, yeah, other moms that are going through the same thing, first time parents and yeah. just share knowledge and because we're all kind of learning by doing and it's uh, so unbelievable how much of a community you can build with other moms that are kind of in the same boat and that has also helped a lot. 
I completely agree. And I know we talked about the gratitude, you know, especially when we do get the help, when we are feeling like I don't have help or I don't have this, right? So just say we, me and you are feeling like we don't have our village, right? That's the reality of a situation. You can't deny the fact that we don't have help, right? I mean, or the village. So accepting the current reality as I don't have the village I would have hoped for. And I think just even saying that rather than pushing it away and saying, oh, well, it's fine. It's fine. No, except we're going to accept the reality that I would love to have people around me. I would love to have people fill my home. I would love to have that community that I do want as a mother. And someone listening to this could be like, I have no desire for that. Right. It's all about accepting the current reality we have. And then realizing that that is okay to feel that way. So not pushing it away and then practicing the gratitude when we do get the help or village in small little amounts. So whether you and your partner take a trip to another country to go visit someone or doing a little trip locally, or, you know, meeting other adults for a cup of tea or something like doing all of those little things and being almost mentally very grateful for those opportunities as not, I don't have this and I want it. It's okay, I don't have this fine. It's a reality, but I'm so grateful that I got to have this opportunity to go out to coffee with my friend or, you know, me and my husband had a date night because our nanny was able to come watch. So really using the thing that's bothering us and reframing it to say, well, here are the moments that I do get it, even if it's not my lifelong dream. My dream may be to have the community and the village, but I have to build it up. The reason I'm really big on this is for, we've lived in Florida for five years and since Ryan was born, I always thought that I would move near my family. You know, I always thought I'd move near to California or we'd move to Tampa. We'd move somewhere near our family and close friends. And so for a long time, I didn't create a reality that I'm not there. I'm not in Tampa. I'm not in Southern California. I have to make the most of this situation and try to make my village different than what I would have expected. So that meant reaching out to people that I may not have, like trying to find the friends and the community. And it's a lot more work when you're a mom. It's a lot more work because you're trying to meet friends and a community that you gel with and that your child may gel with. And then also important that you're not just settling for friendships and villages, right? I don't want us to think that we need to have a community just to have a community. I do believe in quality relationships. Like it's important at our age. You can't just have these unmeaningful relationships that you just hang out because it's a body. You want to feel inspired, connected. You want to feel uplifted by the women or other people that you're hanging out with. And that in itself is hard, but really trying to say, here's my reality. I don't have my village. Okay. But I'm going to try to make the most of it, seek out the friends that I need to, and be grateful when I do get those moments so that I can reframe this entire reality that this is not what I would have wanted, but it is what I'm in now. And that can really help in the long run. Yes, yes, absolutely. Everything you say really resonates with me. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts also from motherhood is this mindset shift that we are somehow forced to make, but yes. forced in a good way because they're good mindset shifts. And also, as you say, being grateful for these moments that I do get for myself and really being very appreciative of these self-care moments as for maybe before I was not that appreciative of my time and I was just taking for granted a lot of things. And since becoming a mom, self-care has had a whole yes. new meaning. I've had to really redefine what self-care means to me because, of course, I have limited time and I just really need to be very wise how I spend my energy. So as you say, 
if I'm going to build relationships, I want them to be good quality. You know, I just really want everything to nourish me as much as possible because it takes a lot of energy to raise a child. And as you say, it might not be the reality that I wanted, but because I am in this reality, I've also had to grow as a person. So I think that's also a beautiful side of it. Yeah, I think, you know, that take home about who you surround yourself with is very vital to me because even though I don't have my village, I tell my husband that I'm not going to settle for relationships just because I don't have a village. That means that I'm going to be alone more. Does that make sense? Like, I understand that if I'm trying to find quality relationships that I'm going to have to meet friends, like people can be nice and people can be great people, but you could just not be relating. And that's perfectly okay to say, right? Like we don't have to be best friends with everybody. We can be nice to everybody and kind, but it's okay to say, well, yeah, they're great, but uh, I'm not really connecting. You know, it's like a really any relationship. And I think women tend to just fall into that. Okay. I just need someone. Let me just settle. Nope. Even in marriage relationships or any relationship, we should be empowered. And then the other thing is that comparison that you mentioned. That's like, I think one of the biggest things that I had to overcome. And I think I've gotten to a point of finally understanding. And sometimes it means like for me, it meant like getting off of social media on weekends that I was alone when, you know, weekends tend to be harder because if my husband's working and everyone else is kind of doing social activities, if I go on social media and see all of the fun activities people are doing, I found myself getting a little more like, eh, I would love to do that. So I had to protect my peace and say, this is not good for me. And then I got better at handling that. Um, but I also know with that comment that you said about, you know, it would be nice to have grandparents. I agree with you. It would be wonderful to have grandparents. I also know many people who have grandparents around, a lot of people who love having their grandparents around, who also know that that's also not a perfect situation all the time, right? And that is what has really helped me in a reframing when I start to get that sort of, well, that would be so nice if I had that situation. My dream situation in my life, like I don't know if it's ever going to happen, would be to have a home that we could afford to have a live-in nanny to help us because of our schedule, right? My husband works random hours. I have a business. I'm sure you would agree that it would be nice to have that flexibility of, okay, I can curtail the hours in the evenings or in the morning, give the au pair or live in a break. Like to me, that would be the dream. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't even know if it's going to happen. And that's a huge reality. And I see people who have au pairs. I'm like, ah, but then of course there's the hard part about having live-ins, you know, like sharing your space and things like that. So whenever I'm finding myself wanting or pining over something that I currently do not have that understanding that there is not always going to be a perfect situation. And it's really just about finding, okay, here is where I'm at right now. This is my reality. My dream would be to get there and have this support. How can I do that? Maybe for you, it might look like, are you going to relocate or are you going to move a family member near you or just build that community and managing the expectation and saying, I can't tell you how long that's going to take. I can't tell you that you're going to have your friend group because I think for so long I expected it. You know, I'm a very social person and I'm like, why don't I have this? Why am I not making these friend group and this big community? And then I realized, well, it's hard. We're in our thirties. People have their own stuff to do. It's not always that you're going to connect with everybody. So it's managing that expectation, avoiding that sort of, well, they have this, their life must be better than mine. It's no, we, your life is amazing. And focusing on all the things that are going well, the I know this is hard, but the time that you get to spend with your partner, the time that you get to spend with your son's name is Diego, right? Like all of these things, it doesn't take away the fact that we would love help or love the village, but it also is 
okay, I get to really be a part of this. And that is wonderful. And then when I do get the help, when I do get the village, can you imagine how my life is going to be? Like, I think about that. I'm like, that's going to be great. But for now I have to find peace in where I'm at and manifest and hope that maybe one day I'll find that, but that I have to live in the now because it's the only way that we're going to get through it. You know? Yes. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball. Let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC. That's P-E-D-S-D-O-C. Becoming a new mom does not come with a manual, but I'm trying to get as close to it as possible. Are you expecting a baby or know somebody who is? Make sure to grab my first year course, The New Mom Survival Guide. The on-demand course contains modules covering parenting in the first year, newborn feeding like breast and formula feeding, newborn sleep and infant sleep, introduction of solids, safety, baby care how-tos, developmental milestones, teething, and so much more. With videos and printables, you will feel supported through the first year. The course also has a roadmap that takes you through what to expect visit by visit so you can feel more confident and calm in the choices that you make and the stages that you'll go through during your baby's first year. By purchasing, you also get access to our Facebook community to troubleshoot issues or concerns. It also makes a great gift that can support a new mom through her motherhood journey. Check out the New Mom Survival Guide by visiting pedsdoctalk.com and searching our popular courses. This is such a great conversation. And have you done anything? It sounds like you've done so much in like reaching out to community, but what else have you kind of done to kind of start creating that village or that support system? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, so uh, definitely uh, finding a nanny, as you say, a nanny Mm -hmm. that I feel comfortable with, that's been one of the main things. And um, just understanding that because I don't have that village here, as you say, like, it's not the village that I would have wanted. But I know there are a lot of super loving people out there that are ready to do these uh, kind of jobs. And I found that the ones that I've found are really awesome and the one that we currently have she's really awesome so this is the first thing that I kind of done and just also what you're saying just reframing a lot of the things and I think that what you said about uh, this comparison um, how we often think think that maybe the grass is greener and it might not really be the case sometimes I tried to also ground myself and remember that it doesn't mean that the grass is greener just because other parents have grandparents around uh, or whatnot and because yeah yeah you know every family has their own issues their own problems and I think that what you said is just really important to remember that yeah this is the reality we are in and we can just make little steps to build the reality that we actually want Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah just be grateful for these little moments and I think that this mindset shift is very powerful and has been also very powerful for me and also just understanding that this is a season of life in life. Yes. 
when my baby was a newborn, because I didn't know anything about this parenthood world, I thought that basically my life would be always like this, just like this newborn stage. <laughs> and when he grew old, I just realized, okay, it changes. And the newborn phase uh, was not forever and toddlerhood will not be forever and he will become more independent. And so accepting these seasons of life has brought me also a lot of peace because I know that it's a season maybe, and these years are hard, but it won't always be this hard. Uh, I love talking about the seasons of parenting and it really goes to show you that yes, at every phase of our lives, whether we have children or not, right, there's going to be things that are going to test us that are going to make us feel like I can't handle this, that how am I going to grow from this and how am I going to learn from this? And it's through those events, through the not having your village, through the newborn period that you mentioned, all of those experiences make you actually learn and grow so much if you actually channel it in the correct way. Like I look back at a life and I say, so much hard has happened, right? Especially if you're a pandemic parent, I'm sure anyone listening who's a pandemic parent, we do feel a sense of loss and grief of all the things that we thought. Maybe we could have the village, but we can't because we can't see them because of COVID, right? Like there was that reality too. But when we kind of look back, it's going to get better because there's going to be a time when we're not in a pandemic. There's going to be a time, Natasha, that I know that you are going to have that village. I'm not denying. I know it's going to happen for you. Like it's going to happen for me. And when you get that aha moment, you're going to feel this is great, but I also did enjoy the moments that I did have before I got here as much as I could. Right. Like that is, I think the hardest mindset shift is I and you, we both have dreams. You're an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur. I can say with confidence. And I know you'll probably agree that We have so many dreams in our lives for our own personal, professional life, but also with our children, that it feels so hard sometimes to look at that like in the sky and say, okay, this is something I want, but how do I go towards that, but still be okay with where I'm at right now? And I think that when a person, not just a mother or father, when a person can get to the reality that I am content with where I am, but I also have the goals to get to a future ideal place, that is when I think we get the most peace of confidence and self growth. And it's a beautiful thing. And I hope just by talking with me about this and getting it out into the world, I hope you feel better too, because I feel better chatting with you, um, being in that same boat as you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, everything you said really resonates and I feel identified to a lot of things. And yeah, uh, as you say, also like just, this has also been an opportunity for me to take that leap and design my life in a way that supports this new situation of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And so also just wanting to build a business so that I can be more flexible about our, with my time and so on. So it's also been like a great opportunity. So I'm trying to also remind myself that these are the yeah. good old days. And in yeah. the future, I, will, I will think about this period of my life with a lot of joy. Oh, I love that. And for people listening, it is so hard to change the way we view struggle. You know, I've been there. I mean, I think we all have been there in terms of struggle and how we define struggle. And I feel like I've learned so much through struggle, whether it's physical surgeries that I've been through or emotional pain. And especially when you're a mother, and I know a lot of mothers listen to this podcast, there's so much in our lives that is going to feel like it beats us down and that we won't be able to get back up. Like, I mean, so many things, like whether it's something with your child or in your work or in with a relationship And as women, I think, I feel like women are extremely strong. Like, and I think sometimes it gets a bad rap, like, oh, we're being forced to be strong because of the, you know, social structures and da, da, da. But I'm like, no, we are 
really strong despite all of that. No one's forcing us to be strong. Women are really, really strong. I mean, we're the ones who childbear and have, you know, deliver babies. And we, it's this beautiful thing that we can handle really hard times. I don't want a mother to go through a very hard time ever, but it is such beauty in what you just said, finding that sort of peace and understanding of being able to one day look back and be like, wow, I got through that. I got through not having a, my village and it was hard. I went through an emotional roller coaster many times and I finally see my village here and it brings me so much peace, but oh, I love that. I love that feeling. And I cannot wait to touch base with you when you finally get to that point. But when you get to that point, I know you're not going to be miserable getting to that point. I know you're going to find that peace along the process. And because you're going to find the peace is how you're going to reach that goal, right? It's that mindset of I am here. I'm doing this. It's my reality. It doesn't have to be great all the time, but I'm going to put my mind and my heart into making this happen for me. And I'm really big on mindset. I know some people poo poo it, but there's power in manifestation. There's power in saying, I want this so badly. And then you put the work in also, it's not hundred percent, you know, I want this to happen and it's going to happen. It's, it has realistic expectations. I want this dream. I wish so much for you and your partner that your business succeeds. And I, I can tell just by speaking to you for half an hour that it is going to, you have the grit and you have the understanding of what it takes, you know, for, for that. And again, I'm just so grateful that we could chat today. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me about all of these very vulnerable, open topics that every mother father, especially these women that I know listen to my podcast, because I've had these conversations, we know it's going on, but we don't really talk about it. And that is why this whole series on Monday mornings with Dr. Mona is brings me so much joy. So you have brought me so much joy by just having this conversation with me today. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was a really a pleasure. And yeah, I hope that uh, some of your listeners can also feel identified and feel better by listening to our conversation. It was so nice talking to Natasha because like I said, we all at some point may go through these feelings, but sometimes we don't talk about it. And sometimes just getting it out there can really help in accepting it as our reality and finding ways to move forward. As I do with all Monday mornings with Dr. Mona episodes, I want to wrap up this conversation with some take-home points. Number one, it's really hard to accept our current reality, but it's a very important process in healing. Now, when you're grieving through whatever it may be, whether it is the loss of the community you expected or whether it is, you know, traumatic birth or whatever it may be that you are grieving the loss of, acceptance is part of that grieving process. And it doesn't mean that you're denying that the situation is not favorable, that the situation has really hurt you, but it's really important to accept so that we can move forward and not push it back and say, it's not a problem. It's not a big deal. Everyone has it much worse. Yes, that could be a reality, but it is causing you pain. It is causing you uncomfortability. So it's important to recognize that so you can move forward and make the steps to find that village, work towards that village if that's what you want. It's also really important to practice gratitude. When I give the example, when you do get help or when you do get to hang out with someone, yes, that might not be the norm for you and you may want that, but I really hold gratitude for those experiences. When I do get an invitation to a birthday party or get to hang out with another mom without my child, I mean, these kind of things can really help. And although it may not be the norm right now in my life, and it's something that I would love, I'm grateful for the opportunities that I do get. I'm grateful for the time I get with Ryan, the time I get with my husband. Again, the way you reframe and practice gratitude is going to be so specific to your situation. 
And the last thing is managing comparison. This is really hard because we do live in a society of social media and what are they doing? And that's so great that they have that. But we also have to understand that the grass is always going to be greener on the other side if we don't water our own grass. So it's important to look inside your own life and see, well, how can I make the most of my reality and situation? Which is why acceptance is one of the biggest things that we can do. It is so hard raising children. And it can be even harder when you don't have that support system. And like I said, that support system goes so much more than the physical help of raising a child. It's that emotional support that that person and that village can give you as a mother, as a father, as a caregiver. And especially as women, you know, we may do a lot of things for other people, but it's really nice when things get done for us, when someone takes care of you so that maybe you can take care of your children or your partner or the things that we do as women as being nurturing human beings. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, make sure you share it on your Instagram stories and tag me, leave a review and rating and call out the episode that you really love so that people can go to it and listen to it. And this podcast can continue to grow so I can keep doing this for all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to another mom next week. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.